You're listening to the Comic Crusaders Podcast. I am your host, Al Mega, CEO of Comic Crusaders and Undercover Capes. In this show, I'm sitting down with creators from all walks of life to talk about inspiration, process, the lessons they've learned, and a whole lot more. Wepa! What up, me, gente? It's your boy, Al Mega. Welcome to a brand new Comic Crusaders Podcast. And today, I'm excited. It ain't because we're going to put some sasong and all that good stuff on what we're talking about today. So we're going to be talking about an amazing Latino comic book universe that's, that's about to dawn on us. Let me tell you, I got the two gentlemen that are the masterminds behind that. Uh, but before I introduce them, let me introduce today's co-pilot. He was a, a, a guest. He's become a friend. He is a fellow Latino creator. He is a comic book creator. He is a filmmaker. The one, the only Melvin Cartagena. Wepa. How are you doing tonight, Al? I'm doing great. Thanks for joining me because we're about to talk to two amazing superstars in the, right here. I can't wait. Are you ready? Yeah, I am ready. As ready as I'll ever be. Let's, let's <laughs> do them. this. First <laughs> up, ladies and gentlemen, he is the creator of El Peso Hero. He is a co-founder of the Texas Latino Comic Con, and he is also the co-EIC of Chispa Comics from Scout Comics, Mr. Hector Rodriguez. What's oh, up, nice to you. Nice. Kero, thank you for coming on. Let me introduce your partner in crime. All right. <laughs> he is an award-winning author, poet. He is also the co-publisher of Chispa Comics, the one, the only, David Mose. What up, brother? How you doing? I'm doing great, man. It's just again. Thanks for having us. It's great. No, no. Thank you for coming on to talk about this awesome new idea and universe that Comic Crusaders was the first one to break the news. I was so happy to find that out too, you know. So the Latino was like, "Yeah, we got something hopefully popping off. It's going to be amazing uh, in in this year through Scout." So before we get into all that good stuff, right? Just a little bit, just a little bit of your origin stories, guys. You want to know a bit about like where you guys are originally from, <laughs> and, and what was your first taste of fandom, and who, if anyone, gave it to you? So, Mr. Rodriguez, we'll start with you. Híjole, okay. Oh, well, you know, I, I I was born and raised in the border town of Eagle Pass, Texas, and next to the Rio Bravo, Rio Grande. Uh, and so, you know, like well, like all borders, you know, it's a it's a bridge of cultural mix, you know, a lot of history. And, and so, I I like to think that I bring a lot of love too, a lot of passion as as David does to anything I. I work on as well. And so going to your second question about fandom, I guess with El Peso Hero would be within the first, within the first year, uh, in Primer Impacto did a story on El Peso Hero and they wanted oh. an all-star Emmy. Primer Impacto? Word? I, I don't know that show. Yeah, 2000 and, <laughs> late 2012. Okay. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> That's not on the air anymore? What, what's that? Yeah, Primer Impacto is not on the air anymore. That's gone. I, I think it, it's changed. I think it changed. Segundo Impacto ahora se llama. Segundo Impacto. Yeah, Segundo Impacto. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> well, <laughs> 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 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but I, Dave is not juicy. That's why. What about you, Dave? Same question. Yeah, I, I'm from a town downriver from from where Hector grew up, uh, from McAllen, Texas, and all, like him, you know, growing up on the border, huge influences. Um, storytellers in my family were the the main ones to, that really got me into storytelling myself. My grandmother Garza uh, was the matriarch of the family, and her scary stories about you know, uh, las lechuzas, la llorona, la mano pachona, mm. la mano peluda, um, <laughs> were the kinds of things that kept me up at night. Um, but I, but I was also lucky to have a dad who had, when he was a kid, like in the fifties, had really been into like pulp fiction, and so I, I had all these mm. copies of like Black Mask and Argosy, and you know, uh, just these, you know, those, those those great old. They were like yellow and faded, and you know, had creases all over them. But I also got to read those. Yes. And he was really the one who got me into, um, because, you know, th- through one path, I was in the storytelling and I got into school and my mom taught me how to read before I went to school and I got into like reading and the classic. <laughs> but my dad was the one who really got me into reading that and got me into reading Mexican historietas. We would go across to Reynosa um, and, uh, you know, Caliman was one of my. Oh, uh, oh my God. You're my friend for life. Caliman, you know Caliman, representing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> One of my, you know, very first uh, experiences with being a fan myself, and and then uh, my dad was a big DC guy, so it was lots of like dark DC stuff. Uh, uh, my two first fandoms in DC were uh, Swamp Man, and then when it, you know, from the beginning when it launched, Black Panther as well. And so uh, those kinds of things shaped like my own tastes. Uh, later on, I would be an early uh, adopter of manga and stuff like that and reading, you know, Ghost in the Shell and Alita and all these different things. Um, and, you know, but, but, but all these things influenced my border voice and kind of like focused it through the lens of comics so that nowadays when I create comics, that's, you know, I, I look back to my childhood and try to recapture just the excitement of, of discovering all that stuff for the first time. Gotcha, gotcha. See, Hector, see, going back to you then, right? So, because you said, you know, you, your first fandom was, you know, the thing. But what was your first taste, like, as a kid, like oh, that? Like, yeah, like, no, you know. What was your first love? And I call back to David, you know, because my, my dad was in the military. And so when he came home, he brought in, uh, well, growing up, he was a border kid himself. And so he was the black sheep of the family, you know, watching Star Trek and mm. comics, uh, Sergeant Rock, you know, Captain America, then going to the oh, border. Piedras Negras, Coahuila, checking these historietas like, you know, Calimán, Chanok, you know, and, and the off-brand El Santo comics, you know, because it wasn't really, like, official. Santi was, like, yeah. uh, insignia and his DS <laughs> and his mascara. And so, and, and, yeah, growing up, but, and, and then um, he brought those over, you know, Sergio Aragones, you know, huge influence, mm. show, Mad Magazine, but also uh, a huge kaiju fan and so I grew up with my watching Godzilla movies on TBS and so as you can see like until this day oh yeah wow <laughs> oh, right. cool. <laughs> yes they're over there yeah they're, they're there <laughs> and so um, it, it, it's like you know they call you know uh, piggyback uh, on David you know the excitement of, of, of reading being enthralled on a really good book on a really good story Great characters, you know, and then watching novelas with me, me, my mom, my abuelita, you know, and so it, it's just that narrative, those hooks and turns, you know, that, you know, within our writing, we really try to express too. And that's, it, it's something, you know, it, it's just a very mixture of 
worlds intermingling, intermingling with, with each other. So, you know, I know Melvin's going to have a question, but I want to know something here. Because you guys say you, you kind of grew up up the river from each other, you know, not too far away. Did you guys meet at a young age or, or was the bromance later in life? The bromance came later in life, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, about, maybe, what did you say about, did we meet like six, seven years ago? Six years yep. ago, yeah. Uh, eight, 2018, 17. Yeah, we I, think it was, I think it was 17. Oh, wow, that was fairly yeah. recent. Hector, Hector actually, he whined and dined me. He took me out. It was nice. It was, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seducer. I guess we can't have to Hector seducer. Our wives are like, wait, wait a minute, what? <laughs> that happens when comic book fans often need that passion just puts aside the wife. Like, you guys go home. We'll be back later, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, it was great. Um, we have a lot of friends in common. We were, you know, working in similar spaces and and trying to also maybe break in a little bit into Hollywood. And in fact, it was you know partly that connection with a production company in Los Angeles that would eventually lead to our um, being part of this this new endeavor, Chispa. Um, so um, oh, we'll get into more of that when we, when we start talking about Chispa. Yeah, get you, get you. Go ahead, Mom. I, I don't want to hog up the time here. For <laughs> okay, no, um, I just love hearing what you guys describe because um, uh, um, I call that the high-low influence, like in that you you pluck from the high end of culture and from the low end, and what matters is the content, you know, the story, the punch. You know how like commercial entertainment tends to put this boundary, this invisible line that moves about what is good and what is bad, and. For us here, I think if I speak for everyone here, I think we don't care about that. I think we care about the quality, the quality. It doesn't matter where it comes from, whether it's the Lucha other end or from like a Sherlock Holmes or from the, uh, the Shadow. So I, I love hearing about that. So I, I love hearing about the cultural impact of things. What I'm curious about is the location. What location did your, your I'm sorry, what impact did your location have on you? Because you live in this unique place where you have an entirely different culture just a few miles over the border, but then you're, you're in this other side, by the American side, let's say, that probably is not as cosmopolitan as the Mexican side, I dare say. It may not offer as much variety as the Mexican side, where like stuff from Europe comes in, stuff that is made in Mexico comes in, stuff from South America comes in, and you're taking all that in. You're taking, you're in this vortex of um, quality, I guess. Uh, so I'm interested in hearing how that, the actual impact of location, and maybe if it mingles with, you know, the culture that you consume, the entertainment that you consume, how did that influence what you're doing now? Yeah, no, I think that's a wonderful question. And, you know, Glenn Saldua, the, the <clears throat> kind of philosopher who literally, um, like, is buried like five minutes up the road from, from my, where my house is here in Dana, um, she talked about this area as a nepantla, which is like this Nahuatl word that means like a middle place, a, a liminal space. And when you grow mm. up in a liminal space, um, where you're kind of like neither Mexico or the U.S. because like and like literally even in terms of geography and 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 um, you know what the government permits this little stretch of 60 mile wide stretch of land that we live on is kind of it can be policed differently than the rest of, of the U.S. right and so when you grow up in in that space that's neither here nor there you kind of have a, a unique perspective you can see the the big more cosmopolitan cultures that you were talking about from an outsider's perspective um and and you feel like a little bit less guilty about the fact that you your own identity and um the things that you love 
you know, pick from here and pick from there and then combine them in these new ways that some other people may find like odd and off putting, but that feel really comfortable to you. And then I think that that's what really has led both of us to be able to play around with genre the way we do and to, to blend them in interesting ways. And, you know, as you say, as you were kind of suggesting, Melvin, this idea that, um, that we don't, in terms of genre, in terms of like even like literary to popular work, we don't see those boundaries as as like um, you know stopping points. They're porous. The, the, you know, like we'll write some things that are like really kind of like maybe cheesy and over the top and melodramatic, and then you know we'll shift in something that's a little more elegant and moving and literary. You know, on the same page. And uh, I know that that is not what some people want. But it is definitely a very Latino way of being. It's definitely a very Chicano way of being. But I know more generally it's a Latina, U.S. Latino way of being, um, of being able to be fluid and move back and forth among different spaces. That line that I mentioned, you know, the line that that cultural divide that uh, it, it's it's always moving. I don't know if you guys, this is your experience, but as a kid, I wasn't aware of that. I only became aware of that as an adult when you're more conscious. I would maybe not the word conscious, but you're more deliberate because now you're not just consuming it you're actually creating it yourself and maybe you start putting it out there and you start becoming aware that to some people let's say you, you send something to someone and they reject it and it's okay if you don't like it you don't like it but you don't have to be like a, a dick about it so i'm curious to know that line that, that you as a kid you don't like this is awesome this is the greatest thing ever as an adult you're, you're replicating that you want to replicate that in your own stuff but it's not connecting with people and it's like why are you not liking this? This is awesome. So um, tell me a little bit about that, both of you guys. Uh, well, for when, me, I guess when did you become aware of that boundary? At what point did you become aware of this cultural barrier that is invisible and is always shifting? It's always changing to accommodate something popular or something the right. times. I actually had a cultural uh, change, a uh, cultural shock myself. We were living in the border and... Um, it wasn't until I was nine, 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 we moved to central Texas, whether I became a minority and, you know, in growing up, you know, I, I, you know, I, I was very lucky enough that, yeah, I watched, you know, las, las películas de Mexico, you know, like el cine de oro mexicano, right? Those mm -hmm. movies, that representation, what was there, you, yeah, know, la <laughs> you know, uh, and, and for me, I, you know, I, I saw myself in those movies, you know, in, in, in comedy, horror, action, adventure, drama. Um, and, but it wasn't until I, we moved to Central Texas where there was none, you know. And so even even though I had more accessibility to comic book stores, which was something that I craved, you know, and hence I, I was connected more towards non um, – not human characters like aliens what you know buying aliens versus predator comics from dark horse buying Godzilla comics you know and those characters but i was more closer to those out of the world characters than the anglo-saxon western focus like batman superman you know even though i you know i was a kid as a fan but i didn't see that connection you know that cultural connection because you know when was the last time you saw batman eating, eat empanadas until dc comics <laughs> covers green lantern you know and i always talk about that until and you know, i really always make fun of me because oh now they're making anyways um and so it was it was that i wanted to see myself in those 
very same comic books that I was going each Friday after school to pick up, you know, and, and so yeah. I had that hunger. And so I was going to wait until, even though, you know, later on, I, with my own education, you know, George Perez influence, you know, and those, you start learning, educating yourself with all those that made, um, made, made waves in the, uh, Latino comic book space. Uh, you, you pay your respects, you learn, you know, and so you can look at Javier Hernandez with El Muerto, you know, celebrating 25 years, uh, this year. And so, and, you know, those creators are make, have made making waves, you know, long before uh, a lot of us. But, but you know, it, it, in a world of mainstream comic books, direct to market, a, a character that's a Latino, Latinx background being featured in the cover was incredibly, incredibly, incredibly rare. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, just, just to, just to kind of like to reiterate what he's saying, like moving away does do that. Moving away, going to college. Those are the things that for me were my dad, just like Hector's dad was in the military. And so when he got stationed in South Carolina for a few years, I moved out of Texas. And then I was suddenly like, oh, shit. OK. Yeah. <laughs> the upside is I made, you know, like a lot of Boricua and Cubano friends um, and, right. you know, continue to expand my understanding of Latinidad. But the downside was like suddenly I was like a, a weirdo. Like there were no Chicanos living in the low, <laughs> in the low country of South Carolina. It was a strange thing. But anyway. um, would you guys say that you identified with the outsider in comics, like the hero that was a bit on the fringes? You know, he did the right thing, but he didn't quite want to participate with you know like with people. Like would you say that that maybe you you identify with that type of uh, hero who's a bit of an anti-hero? And I'm not talking about Batman. Because in, in in Mexican culture, there are people characters like that. Yeah, yeah, no, no, definitely. So the the outsider, the person didn't quite fit in uh, because he was a monster, perhaps, but he was also a hero, like Swamp yeah. Thing, or you know, just like because he was a min- you know, somebody from a minority group or a marginalized group. Yeah. Excellent. For me. Okay. Yeah. So, so you guys are talking about making waves. That's what I want to start talking about now. Making those <laughs> waves, and especially through through that awesome announcement was the end of the last year, you know what I mean, about what's going to be popping off, you know, that Mucho Mas, Chispa, Scout, I mean, the, what what a trio right here, the Trinity that's creating something dope. So, so talk about, they say about you guys meeting, right? So what what's Mucho Mas Media? How is that connected to Chispa? How are you guys connected to Scout? And when was the birth of this awesome idea that has been a long time coming? I tell you what, Hector. Why don't we do this? I'll talk about like my, my connection to Mustang yeah, off to you, first. and then we'll go back and forth like that. What do you say? Yeah. So, um, back in uh, 2016, uh, my book, The Smoking Mirror, uh, won an award from the American Library Association, um, mm-hmm. and, it was, and that that news was printed in in the McAllen Monitor, which is the biggest newspaper here in in deep South Texas. And um, it, uh, the the mother of a Hollywood producer who was from San Carlos, also a town in South Texas, ha- cut it out, put it in an envelope, and put like a little note to her son saying, "Mijo, siempre estás diciendo that you want to make movies with our gente. Well, here is a guy who just won an award and has a book. You need to talk to him." And so she mailed it off, and he looked me up. Um, and his name is Javier Chapa. He is the the founder and uh, the, the executive producer there at at Mucho Mas Media, and we had a, a, a nice conversation on the phone that eventually led to his optioning my book Border Lore, 
Um, and border lore is a collection of like uh, the retold folk tales, dark folk tales from South Texas. And we got pretty advanced in, in, and, you know, working on making that into a TV series. And it was like one of those things where it's like down to the last minute, you've got the funding, you've got the showrunner, you've got like, it's like the scripts written stuff like that. And then it, it just didn't happen. Um, but uh, uh, we continue to work together and we've worked on several different projects together. Um, <clears throat> at, at some point he was looking to, to acquire uh, or to work with more comic creators, more Latino comic creators. Um, and, and that was uh, around the time that Hector <laughs> entered the mix as well. So Hector, you want to like jump in and talk about Yeah, it, it, it's so, I was introduced by, you know, Mucho Mas. And so it, it, they were, it was an outreach and, you know, they came across a puzzle hero through David and, you know, they were like, oh my gosh, I think could we have missed this, you know, with all the publicity and all the press that has gone in. This was late 2018 or uh, early 2019. And so it, and they, and so talking to Mucho Javier, you know, he's like from, you know, a, a Latino, you know, making waves in Hollywood, you know, and, uh, and representing. And, and so, you know, cause it, I've been approached before with El Paso Hero. But I've never felt that it was always kind of kept my cards really close, and I still do. And so it it just felt like it was the right fit, too. And so I'm like, oh, go ahead. And so we um, he pitched it. And so right off the bat, within the first week, you know, and I, I'm free to say this because this is pre-COVID. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we got Elgin James from Sons of Anarchy, you know, and so we, you know, wow. as a writer, you know, we got Ailey, Ailey, uh, Eli Roth uh, directing, you know, wow. Jay Hernandez wow. to be part of it. That is so awesome. Eli Roth was like, he, I mean, he's like, he loved these. He, I mean, he already picked the first scene out of the one of the books from a puzzle hero, you know, the one from a border, a borderland, a puzzle hero breaking through the detention facility. You know, that was going to be, that's his, he, that was his hook. I'm like, I'm in. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and so, and that was our relationship, my relationship with um, Mucho Mas uh, throughout the years and so developing and so, and with a big pivot with transmedia, the conversation of creating a Latinx imprint from the ground up, the grassroots between David and I uh, took hold. Yeah. So, um, and that was when, and that was when Mucho Mas Media and Scout Comics put their heads together and said, "Hey, this is a, an incredible idea. Let us, you know, let's see how we can work this out. Let's come to an agreement. Let's create an imprint um, that we will both kind of control, and let's bring on Hector and and David as the as the you know the talent scouts the the guys who are gonna shepherd all these projects in and um it, you know originally uh we were mainly focused on doing something along the lines of image comics a lot of creator owned um projects that then we would be distributing um but over the course of the past year since we first announced uh, the creation of Chispa and, and we announced the, some of the creator owned projects by Alex Segura, for example, uh, a fellow Floridian, a fellow Cubano, um, down there for, for, for you, Al. I know you're no longer there in Florida, but <laughs> so Alex Segura. You know, is... 
Yeah, but I actually saw Alex not too long ago about Big Apple Comic Con, like two weeks ago. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's such a great guy. Such a great guy. And he's actually doing two projects with us that we'll, we'll get into. But um, uh, so we, we laid out that slate. But as as the year went on and there was more and more talk in the media and there was all these missteps by DC and so forth, uh, Hector and I started talking and we were like, you know, you see – people throwing us a bone throwing in and like we're the last ones to throw a bone the latinos are we're the very last ones of to course. throw a bone right the last <laughs> we're community we're like here oh. we get any meat on that bone yeah yeah exactly <laughs> it's mostly just like you know like yeah. like cartilage and like a little grasita a little and oh. um <laughs> but we're like you know and they'll have like this single like you have the blue beetle or you'll have like just and and those comics are cool or whatever but like you never see a team of Latinos. You would never like you might see a whole team of like white dudes. You'll never see a team of yeah. of, of Latine um, heroes. And so we're like, well, well, why don't we do that? Why don't you know this in the same way that DC and Marvel have their universe in which multiple titles exist and multiple teams exist? Why don't we create a universe um, in in which we have you know people with these special abilities um, and and but have it like operate from our perspective, you know, what are heroes like, for example, in the Mexican American community, how do we perceive heroism and how mm-hmm. might that, how might that might, might create superpowered humans that are going to be different than the, you know, the, <laughs> this is really funny because superhero is like actually um, a term that is copyrighted by DC and, and Marvel. And so you can't oh, wow. actually, you can't actually, I mean, you can say, we have superheroes, but you can't name anything superhero. Gotcha. You can't name superhero because it's and mutant is the exclusive property of Marvel. So uh, well, you cannot call your um, heroes that have powers that arrive from mutation mutants. So and what? Pre- so what would happen if real mutants pop up? Will Marvel sue the mutants? <laughs> <laughs> I think the mutants will, will would win out, but maybe maybe not. You know, capitalism, bro. I mean, yeah, hey, be like. Yeah. You're like, but somos mutantes, and Marvel will be like, "No, rename yourselves, right. or, or, or give us, or maybe, maybe what Marvel will do is they cut a deal. They'd be like, okay, 'Okay, tell you what, you guys are real mutants. We're gonna, you know, we'll let you use the term, but you're gonna give us a kickback.' <laughs> they would figure out a way to make a profit. Oh, of yeah. course, of course, absolutely. <laughs> and you're so right, though, in what you said. Like, how can it not be an all Latino team? I've seen all white teams, all black teams, teams all yep. Asian teams, yep, but yep. you never seen never like seen yo, bro, the- New York. Chicago, I mean, South Carolina, LA, LA, Texas. I mean, groups of Latinos, you're telling me that we're always going to need to be rescued by others and not have our own? It's crazy. Thank God for El Peso Hero, at least. (laughs) And and I got some heat for that when I did the Ukrainian issue. They were like, why is El Peso Hero outside of Mexico? Why would Superman go? But but no one questioned Superman going. Yeah, nobody questioned Make him a Mexican hero? And and then suddenly it was... Oh, of course, because he crossed the border, you know? (laughs) (laughs) They got mad. Yeah, I know, it's crazy. So so that was the idea. Um, And so in our world, heroes are called chispas, which is like just a lovely thing. It's chispa comics. They're called chispas because they're like the the spark that that inspires the entire community. They like Mm -hmm. light the match that moves everybody. They're about, they're not just about saving people. They're about inspiring people to save themselves. Um, and, and yeah. that's, that's yeah. something you, you think about, like, um, I don't know how familiar y'all are 
with like corridos and, and, and other yep. things from Mexican tradition. But our heroes are always like you were suggesting, Melvin, kind of like they're almost like antiheroes. They're outside of the <laughs> norms of you know, but they're not vigilantes. They're they're something else. They're like they're like the yeah. arm of the pueblo reaching out and taking yeah. care of itself and, and an extension of the pueblo yeah like they are, like you said they are inspiring the people like i am one of you i just happen to be a mutante maybe that's a solution yeah. say mutante every time you come across that word oh, say no. instead of mutant. stop it they, disney lawyers <laughs> just wrote that that's the translation okay hold on oh that's all they would do they, they, <laughs> they, they would languages yeah. yeah no we actually had our legal team look into it and they're like no because all you've done is all, they're going to say that all you did is add an E to the end of it. That's the way they all You can't I don't know. But no, I mean, they can, they can keep Superhero and Mutant. We don't need it. We, yeah, you know, we can. Um, I, I think. Chispa is awesome. That sounds yeah, like that. Yeah, I mean, you know, like Chispa can sienta barrio. La Chispa can sienta barrio. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, so oh, okay. So thanks, Romina. Um, is yeah, I want to get into titles. Well, not part of the superhero universe, but definitely this is one of our creator-owned comics by Julie Speciani, um, okay. illustrated by S.C. Case, because we want we want people to know that that Chispa isn't just about yeah, superheroes and kaiju and stuff like that. It's going to be about slice of life. We're going to have comics of all sorts. So this is just a really awesome workplace slice of life comic um, that uh, that's coming out. So you can kind of see. Ooh, look at I love seeing the our names with like. Co-editor in chief, it's, it's always nice. Yeah. Well, right, look at that. <laughs> um, That's why yeah. they sent me that page. So they could be like, "Yo, look at me, look at me." Yeah, look at us. And you can kind of see like some of the great art in the um, oh, wow. by S. E. Case. They're the, oh, they're really wow. fantastic artists. Um, beautiful nice color, nice yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, look forward. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, and so even while we get excited about like our own, because you know. Obviously, that's our own IP, but but we attack you know, Acapulco. Attack, <laughs> the, our our black our our black team and tail anthology um, is something that's really fun, and it's already you know like um, th- of all of our projects, this is the one that's actually making it to the silver screen first. Right, Hector? We've yeah, done, really, yeah, that's so amazing. Has, wow. has done a movie that's coming out in April, um, yeah. and we're, trailers we're gonna, coming out later this month. So oh wow, that's awesome! awesome. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, David just found out he'd get on a trailer. Like, really? Wait a minute. <laughs> Didn't I realize that? Yes. <laughs> I found out along with everybody else and, um, and who's listening. Um, yeah, yeah, but Black Demon, like, you know, Hector, you love kaiju. This is this is a kaiju. Yeah, right? it's a kaiju story. We're excited, you know, based on a a real myth, you know, real grounded oh, really? myth in Baja California. Yeah, no, it, a, a massive a, shark. A what? Can you say that again. A massive shark, like a like a tiburón. Yeah, un tiburón. El demonio negro, and like you can, if you literally, if you go to YouTube, you look up uh, el demonio negro, you'll see like fishermen talking about like their boats getting attacked by this massive shark. And uh, so we rolled out like a little what we call an ash can, like a, a short comic at New York Comic Con, um, just to give people a taste of of what it was like and. Um, we're really excited about that. I guess the, the like our first issue is coming out in April along with the movie. So, oh, um, what's that? Mm. Yeah, get that money ready. All right, order it. <laughs> here's some here's oh, some wow. art on that issue, which is just with just so much be- beautiful color in this one. I think there's it looks a couple more. Amazing, yeah. Is it, look at that. Isn't that great? 
Um, it looks fantastic. Or the, the yeah. waves too. The way the capturing of the waves. Well, the coloring too. Like you can see at sunset. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I I love the colors in this on this particular comic. Yeah, yeah. Whoa, I mean, and this, that's one of the great things about this is that we're working with a, a, a cross section of Latino writers, but also a cross section of Latino illustrators from the U.S., from Mexico, from other places, and they're just awesome. st- yeah. some of the best out there. Um, here's uh, here are a few more uh, panels. Oh, wow! Uh, without uh, the dialogue in them, just so you could get a feel for. Yeah. Like, oh, there goes the on. You see, you see that shark. You see the side of that mother. Yeah. yeah, imagine when it comes up through the water and bites the shit out of a. Oh man, I can't wait for the movie. Y'all are gonna love it. It's yeah, great. Oh, really? oh man, yeah. Uh, I know somebody that loves Hopefully, shark movies. So <laughs> the people who make Jazz are not gonna get like a lottery about this now. <laughs> Yo, Melvin, look at this cover. Holy so, shit! So we've got so we've got Catherine that one. Black Cat, Demon Tales, Tales of Black Demon. How is it? Black Demon Tales or Tales of Black Demon, Hector? It is uh, Black Demon Tales. Black Demon Tales. Okay. I can never remember. Um, <laughs> but then Hector and I also like big fans of horror anthologies, right? You guys, did you, I don't know, you know, Tales from the Crypt. Um, Tales from the Crypt. That's why I know monsters. Yeah, amazing stories. Amazing, all that. Uh, yeah. Tales from the Hood. Oh, Tales from the Hood. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the hood, yeah. <laughs> and, and we wanted. The most beautiful of all three. It doesn't take much money to do those. No, no. And when you guys grew up, I'm sure that you had relatives that told you a bunch of scary-ass stories too, right? When you were growing up? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. In Puerto Rican, they kept talking about these stories from El Campo and, you know, and stuff right there. Or the lady on, on, on the side road, you know? The oh, yes, yeah. yeah. Well, that, it's similar to La Llorona, very similar to La Llorona. Yeah, oh, my God. And so what we wanted to do was to 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 take stories like that and stories, you know, either like written by horror writers or inspired by our culture and put them in an anthology, but we we also we wanted the frame, uh, we wanted the storyteller in the frame story to be interesting as well. So Katrina, um, who is like a figure of death in Mexico, um, you've seen her, I'm sure, on lots of images with her big hat with the flowers and her skull face or whatever. That's La Katrina, um, mm. and she is she has a carnival. She has that goes around from town to town. And people go to the rides or whatever, and then they go to her like she's got her little wagon, and she comes out and she sits on a chair and she tells a spine tingling story. And for the for the first um, the first year of this, we've got stories by uh, by V Castro, who's just an amazing um, a Chicana horror writer. In fact, she just did she just had. Um, uh, aliens type because Ethel is also a huge Aliens fan. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. She, she had her Vasquez book come out, which is, you know tells the the story of that character Vasquez that we all love so much. Yeah, Aliens. And so we got a horror story from her. We got a horror story from Cynthia Pelayo, who's who lives in Chicago and is another amazing uh, writer. Just oh, so we were re- really lucky to get get stories from some of the best um, Latino writers out there and some great illustrations. Um, and Ooh, you can yeah. see some of them. Look at that. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. There's oh. the guy who introduces her, um, who's kind of this, this, this little <laughs> little man with like a strange, a mysterious background. And, and bit by bit in, in, the, in each one of the issues, yeah, yeah, a little yeah. more of the frame story gets revealed and you learn more about Katrina and what she's running from and wh- you know, what she does, what her purpose is in the world and stuff. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, Katrina. Look at that. <laughs> Will oh. there be a, a like a Ooh. volume two, like a and so on? A, a what now? 
uh, volume, like uh, Katrina sales, volume two, volume three, like uh, every year or every few years, you think there'll be more of those? Yeah. So every year what we're going to do is we're going to release three to four issues. And then the oh. following year, there'll, there'll be like an like a graphic novel. Oh, that yes, has, yes, yeah, the omnibus, yeah, the collective yeah, the one. Omnibus. So, yeah. so that's what we're going to plan to do every single year. So the three issues that get released this year will come out as an omnibus ne- next um, spring. Because uh, Scout it, it has like two. Oh, yeah. This is this is from the very first uh, of of the stories that uh, for Catarina's Caravan, which is actually written by Hector. Um, and hey, Hector, you sick guy! You look all right. right. <laughs> I know. Like, wow. The night of Medusa, <laughs> which basically is um, I don't know, Hector. You might want to like give them the, the quick pitch. So, yeah. What is the night and, of the so, uh, like Catrina, night of Medusa is coming out in May. So please place your orders. Um, when it, it should be, you should be able to place your orders next month. In comic books, no, actually in, in March, mm-hmm. right? And, and so, in this special tale, you know, it, it deals with a um, a group of uh, border militia characters um, coming across folks that are running away. Yeah, well, folks that are, you know, are, are yeah, refugees. That are refugees. Yeah, looking for a better life. And so, you know, this is the case where, you know, who are the real monsters? You know. The monsters become the hunted uh, scenario, and so we there's there's some humor in it, uh, some action. And as you can see, decapitations and <laughs> yes, other types and of body art. <laughs> yeah, love it. Oh, no, back on the board, yeah. And so the symbol here. So the first, uh, so going back to our superhero universe, going back to our IP, um, the first team that we're launching um, is the thirteen. They're they're kind of like are Mexican X-Men. They're, it's a group of 13 Mexican, Mexican-American, um, basically teens, because it, it starts when they turn 18. We're going to have them over the years, like, age in real time. So each year they're going to get a year older. We're not going to do any, like, resets. I'm going to have Batman, who should be, like, 100 years old or, like, 150 <laughs> right? years old. Um, and th- the idea is that they are essentially mutants, but their powers come from their Mesoamerican day sign. So in Mesoamerica... And the Maya, Nawa slash Aztec people, the you know all the different major civilizations all followed a, a similar calendar, and in everybody had an astrological sign based on the day they were born, and there were certain attributes associated with it. And so each of these um, thirteen heroes, these thirteen chispas, um, their power is related somehow to their to their sign. Uh, it, it's it was Ooh. it's a really cool idea, and it allows us to. To launch, there's going to eventually be an ongoing series, but we're going to launch this year um, 13 one-shot origin stories, so that we get oh, to the, get we get to see each one of these heroes. Um, and I remember when we told Scott about that, like, do you really want to drop 13? And I'm like, hell yeah, we want to drop 13 different comics. Yes, fuck yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't care. <laughs> really that. Yeah. Like, we have a huge, there's a huge gap in the stacks where Latinidad is concerned. We need to like mm-hmm. fill that. We need to like dump content on people in, in a major yes. way. Um, yes. So, yes. So, yeah. It's going it's to be really exciting. So you can see here the, the people yeah. who are writing the different um, things. So Hector's doing Sopilote. Sopilote. Um, yeah. The Wake, who's the an Wake. Afro, Afro-Mexicana uh, hero, is being done by oh. Jasmine Lupe Mendez. Pyroclast is being That's done great. by... A, by the great, great, awesome Doctor Frederick Luis Aldama. Oh my God! Hey. Yeah, yeah, he is Latinx. 
Um, Cloudbreak by Leticia Urieta, who's a wonderful, wonderful author. Hector yeah. Gonzalez doing fluorescence, yeah. not not fluorescent as in fluorescent, but fluorescent as in growing like plants, stuff like that. Dragon Thrall is being oh. done by Tejano superstar, freaking Tejano singer Venorique Medrano, who is an incredible writer oh, and interesting, an incredible singer. So, um, Bendaval is being done by the wonderful poet um, and writer Irene Lara Silva. Um, my kid, my son, who is a comic writer and illustrator, uh, he he does like a web comic. Um, he's in his twenties, which gives you an idea that I'm in my fifties. Uh, <laughs> he's doing the shaper. He's writing and illustrating that. Um, oh, and then oh. Henry Barajas, carajo, Ooh. Henry Barajas, carajo, mm. that that works pretty well, right? Is yeah. doing he, he's doing healing girl. Uh, oh my god! And then we got Laura, we got Wells doing molt. And then the guy, the the five meat guys behind, behind the incredible Mashbone and Grifty series that is also, uh, you know, coming out through us, um, are doing a revive. I'm doing Blue Deer and uh, Kevin Garcia, who is like one of the one of the foremost experts in um, in super in, in comics in general, comic history, in comics history, comic character. You can like, I ask him anything, and he like just will rattle off all this information. He's doing Coneja. And so it's it's really awesome. We're lining up illustrators um, this month. Uh, oh, excellent. We're going to have comics coming out. The, the first batch are coming out at uh, San Diego Comic-Con. And then um, and then over the following months, there will be a, a few Ooh. more Comic-Con. So it's it's releasing. Really cool. uh, we're debuting them at the, the big Comic-Cons. And then they're going out to the shops after that. So, so um, it's you better cool. save me a batch at San Diego because I'm going to go this year. All right. And so let me ask a question because obviously you have writers, you know, negotiating with illustrators and whatnot. I mean, how, how do any creators approach you if they want to get involved, you know, with Chispa Scout? Oh, yeah. No, they totally um, can reach out to us through social media, like direct messaging us, or they can send us emails. Um, the, um, I wish we, you know, one thing that I always wish, Hector, is that we just had like a single. After this conversation, I'm gonna make it happen. Just had like a single, like, like submissions. At, yes, she's but, there you go. But, but <laughs> right now, I mean, people can get a hold of us um, by emailing like me. The, the easiest way probably would just to email me or or Hector. My email is bulls d o bulls my last name d o s and David Oscar at gmail dot com. Um and um do uh Hector at Chispa Comics. And then Hector at Chispa Comics. Hector is a good editor in chief and actually uses the company <laughs> company refuse to use it. And Hector's always having to he's like prompts me. He's like, Bro, we have an email and <laughs> can you just forward it to me? I see I see the floco story. I mean it's it's so sad. So depressing, Sorry, but um, that's funny. yeah, yeah. So that that's that uh, we are always looking for um new illustrators, um new writers. This universe is going to keep expanding. Um, we're, we're rolling out the these Mexican superheroes, but we've also got you know Alex Segura working with us on um the Fantastic Flame, which is a, a Cuban American superhero, and we're oh. in negotiations to figure out a way to incorporate that character in the universe while continue it continuing to be his property and his and Chantel uh, Acevedo who's yeah. a writer 
um, it, also having it, having those characters occur within the Chispa universe as well. And oh, it's other, please, bro, it's, it's other, like this will be Latino Justice League right here. Yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. And then he's got his other series, The Dusk, um, that he and his fellow creatives did a really good job um, promoting through Kickstarter. We're going to also start distributing in that, and I and we awesome. we're we're trying to figure out because Alex Segura. Is that that man? He is he he's not only he's an amazing writer and a workhorse, but he's just a beautiful human being, man. Yeah, and anything we could do to he's a, a sweet guy, and I just want to work with, continue working with him any way possible. But that's an example of the kind of thing and we want to keep rolling it out. You know, we'll eventually we'll have our little X Men over here. Then we'll have our Justice League because that they you got to have. There got to be a Boricua. There's got to be a, a yeah, well, You've got to have. Well, let, you know what? I think for you guys, this would be cool. Check this out, check this out. So you could have your Central American League, your South American League, your Caribbean League, you know, and Unidos kind of have a united Latino front, you know what I mean? <laughs> okay. uh, we're going to totally hire you to, like, help us <laughs> figure that out, man. That sounds like – I love that idea. Um, yeah, of, man, like the Latino Union. There you go. That's yeah, the name. Yeah, yeah. Right? So, <laughs> like you, so you, and you'd have all these superheroes in each of these regions – and then they'd kind of each have like you know they, each one of those regions would have a representative on like yeah. the, on the just think, think kind about of like, it like gang like gangs when they do chapters you feel me <laughs> I absolutely feel you although I will not use those exact words in any promotion huh? you put <laughs> <laughs> please don't <laughs> my perfect words yeah <laughs> so, it can also te imaginas the the kind of uh, <laughs> Yeah, no. And then, like, we're all. I mean, I guess we could lean into it. We could be like, you know, we could find a funny way to lean into it. Absolutely. So, who are these guys? Are these going to be kind of the first introduction to the. To the yeah, so, the, so the, the first three that we mentioned, right? Um, right, right there in the middle. Hector, tell, them, tell us really quickly about the artist who did this. Yeah, this is. Uh, uh, Ariel Mendez, he has Dude. been working with uh, Dynamite AW, um, AWA. I'm going back for Master, but no, AWS, no. Uh, IDW. IDW. Uh, mm. Marvel yeah. to it. So, uh, Ariel is super talented. Uh, you know, he's also worked on, he's done some of the Pussy Hero covers too. Yeah. And so, and, and we, we have some, uh, Great artists lined up. Yeah, it's, no, go back to it really quickly though. Go back so just so everybody knows the guy in the middle. That's Hector. So yeah, these are the, these yeah, are the yeah, big so three. Right. These are the first three. They're kind of like our our big the three. Trinity. The Trinity, the Trinity right here. Right. Yeah, and so in yeah. the middle we have Lopilote, who is from Mexico City, um, and he is like I I always imagine him as <laughs> kind of like what happens if you cross Superman with Batman, but you take away the jingoism of superman and the vigilanteism of batman the classless um, thing. yeah yeah exactly and you just have a guy who like truly he can he can sense evildoers and he can he can deal with them and he and he, he does you know does have money does have resources but he's not um he's not trying yeah. to like make more money off of the people so that he can fund them. you know it, it is it's challenging because you don't we cannot I'm not leaning towards a the vigilante Batman uh, militaristic nope. capitalistic. No. But that's not how we are as a people it, either. It, no, it's, it's not. So, yeah. It's gonna. It's a story that's grounded, you know, or so much so that I within the pages of Sopilote are gonna 
being uh, drawn by Chema, which is a Mexicano near La Capital. So he's familiar with the the, the culture uh, and so and, and that world. And, and so it, it's always, you know, as editors and she, we always try to, and, and writers and creators, you know, we, we try to do what, what's, what's the great fit, you know? Yeah. And so that's why we ask folks, you know, yeah. we're free to open for. Um, yeah. Asia. Please reach out to us. Behind uh, him is yeah, Pyro, Pyroclast, who is, you know, to, just, <laughs> you can see he is, a, he's a dude made out of like rock that can turn volcanic. And that's basically. Well, listen, it gotta be, mm. you know, with a Latino temper, you're going to have to have a hot yeah, one. So, you know? he, he, <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And so, uh, no say, I mean, we'll, we'll see what kind of clever things Fede comes up with. No say, see, like maybe his powers get triggered, triggered when he eats too much, too many jalapenos. I mean, I don't know what it is. <laughs> I know what it is. He eats that damn chip that, that, that came out. The chip, the one chip challenge. He ate too oh. many. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then we see down here the wake. Um, who, oh, she's cool. She is yeah, she's super cool. badass. She's super badass. I love, I mean, one of the things that we talked about was we definitely, we need to have, an Afro-Mexicana, um, and it needs to be written by a black woman. Um, and so, uh, Jasmine Mendez, um, she's Dominican. Uh, she lives in Houston. She's married to Lupe Mendez, who's Chicano. Um, and they're raising their daughter, who's half Dominican, half, uh, Chicana. And it's like just a, they're, they're incredible writers, both of them. Lupe Mendez, poet laureate of Texas. Jasmine Mendez, an, you know, an award winning, uh, novelist for, and poet for for uh, kids and adults. That's just a great combo. Maybe not the first. Maybe not the people that DC and Marvel would tap to write something like this. But I think not. Gen- I think they wouldn't. Genius. I would imagine. Yeah, they're too far out of that. I don't think yeah. they look very far from Manhattan, really. Unless you happen to have made a name somehow through social media. Marvel can't even get Latino casting rights sometimes. So you know what I mean? So, yeah. Who knows? Mm-hmm. You, think they, you think they're gonna get writers that even understand? Like, I mean, if, even. If they get the opportunity to, is stuff that probably wouldn't even get published. You know, like, but this is why now we have you. <laughs> like the changes they made to America Chavez, for example. Oh, the, yes. Yeah, that was just to force her to be PR because she. How can you give somebody from another dimension, like yeah. a, a race? She's not. She's an alien. <laughs> and then they 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 changed the origin around just to fit a narrative, which was right. cool to me. Yeah, I don't no, like no. that. I, I, mean, uh, I have no problem with it as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh look at this beautiful cover, though. This shit look like an old school movie 70s. Black poster. Demon. Uh, yeah. This this cover was done by by my boy, um, Jay Melendez down here. And Jay Melendez, he's going to kill me. Jay Melendez <laughs> down here, and who's also from South Texas, who, who's. Um, who does incredible stuff? He's done. He did the cover of my of my kaiju novel, uh, Lords of the Earth. He did the cover of Border Lord. He's, he works with me on a bunch of stuff. He's a great artist, and so yeah, we wanted like an old school kind of an, uh, down to like the little stick, everything you know, made in the USA. It's just like really, really cool. Very um, uh, grindhouse energy. Yeah, that, that's what we wanted. And then oh, <laughs> yeah, here, here's the cool. alternate cover for Katrina's Caravan, Light of the Night 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 of the so, no, Scout uh, doesn't do no 22 like Marvel and DC trying to kill you or Image. Yeah, no. Scout, <laughs> Scout is, is well behaved on the Batman verse. But they'll do they three are. or 
they'll do three or four though, but they don't do. But that's affordable. That's affordable. If you're into that, I mean, for me, when you guys come out with this, first of all, I'm gonna tell my comic shop and folk, everybody else, ask your comic shop, you know, make sure that they get this for their shelves, order it for yourself, put it on your pull list for when, for when it is ready. I mean, and look how simple this is, folks. Is how what you do Uh, on Twitter and obviously all over. Uh, the social verse you can follow Tispa Comics as a whole at Tispa Comics. Uh, check out the awesome Mucha Mas Media, which is in partnership with Scout Comics, an awesome publisher down south as well. You got to see this awesome new universe that these guys are creating now. Of course, you know, you guys are wondering once again, how do you get involved if you can? So, you know, they're, they're listening, me and they're listening. You could mail David right there. Hopefully next time it'll be a bowls, you know, D bowls at cheesepacomics.com. I think mine, <laughs> it's David at cheesepacomics.com, right? David. David. Yeah. Yeah. What I need to do I need to set like a mail. Look at this, right there, Hector, 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 Comics. Hector, Hector, he's the more dependable of the two, so it's, it's, <laughs> cool. you know, him first. I won't get upset. I'll get it. What is this? Look, looks great, guys. Which character is the most 956? Woohoo! What's that mean? 956. Yeah, that's, that's where I'm from. The, from the, oh, the zip code? <laughs> the zip code where I'm from. Um, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, Good question. Yeah, going back to local, going back to that particular place. Yeah. Maybe uh, see, the whole thing that. is in the. Um, I suspect it because right now they're they're being written, and and so you know my ideas and Hector's ideas when we create because we created the characters because it's mucho mas media IP we created the characters and like just a basic description of them, but when we hired the writers we were like you. Pick the town where you want these this person to be, and usually it'd be the the town where these people are from. So I suspect it's gonna be that the most nine five six is gonna be Oscar Garza's revive because mm-hmm. he is from Brownsville and he is gonna he's gonna be he's his um El, El Valle yeah he's from he's from the valley and the 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 Mashman and Grifty comics are just so incredible that um. And, and they're set here that I just know that that this is going to also that their character is going to reflect that as well. Um, yeah. And then they, we didn't include art from uh, from all the books that are coming out. We didn't we don't have, um, you know, there's a couple of things that are coming out, like like I mentioned, Alex Segura stuff. And the Mashbone and Grifty stuff that we didn't show you guys art, but um, it's it's incredible. And if you and you follow our feed, you'll see images from yeah. it. But and yeah. once I get press releases, you're gonna see it on Comic Crusaders anyway, because we have your back 150. percent Yeah, no, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna make sure that you're that that our that our uh, public relations uh, people know that y'all are up at the top of the list. That you guys should you, oh, you know, thank you. get get like a first look at that shit. Oh, please um, do. I would love to. I'll take that one personally, and I want to talk to all your team members and, and talk about how they feel creating something in their likeness for a change. <laughs> and I, I will tell the person who asked the question about 956, I can't remember whose name was, but my, Jose. Jose, my, my character um, in, in the Blue Deer is in, from Alice, Texas. So um, I have lots of friends who live in Alice, and I've always wanted to set something there because it's like this little Little t- like when you're driving from uh, when I was a kid, isn't this true? When when you would want to buy comics, you have to go to San Antonio when we were kids, right, Hector? Or yeah, 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 so when you're driving up in in the 70s or 80s to go to San Antonio to to buy cool shit, 
you the only town in between really that was of any like significance and not that much was Alice. This little town in the middle. <laughs> um and it's just like there in the middle of nowhere with like oil fields all around it and, and brush and shit. And, and I'm just like a superhero coming from there. That's that's awesome. How how can I make that work? So I'm having a lot of fun uh, working yeah. on that. Pop, pop. Yeah. I so mean, let, let's yeah. find out. Yeah. Let's, let, let's we're gonna wrap this way because I definitely want to know where you guys are gonna be at. Because I know folks that I was I don't know. This is a show. You guys are putting. I just I can't wait to read these books and meet more of your, the community. Because I'm being put on some stuff that I obviously need to take part in. So what is BIPOC Pop and what other cons, if that's what that is, are you doing this year? Yeah. Edgar, we're, we're, he's invited us, right, to yeah, BIPOC Pop? Yes, yeah, yeah, we're on. Yeah, we're yeah. invited us. Okay, we will definitely uh, be there. That's in Austin. Um, Edgar, you go first because you, you're you more con um, plugged yeah, in. Yeah, it, so, um, yeah, we'll definitely be in, in Austin in the middle of March for BIPOC. Uh that's profit that's professor damas uh conference uh and also we'll, we'll i mean we'll definitely be at san diego 100 percent this year right? so for us oh, yeah. uh, you know because we we have we have black demon april we have katina's caravan in may and so we're going to be doing we're going to be visiting comic book shops the, the local you know and so just to uh, for some signings, so stay tuned. Check out the social media webs. But we're definitely going to do. It's definitely gonna be San Diego. I'm pretty sure Dragon Con, definitely New York City Comic Con, obviously the Texas Latino Comic Con. Yeah. When yeah. when is it this year? When is it, man? Is that plan uh, popping? Gosh, I, it's so. I it's to be announced. I am okay. currently working with the city of Dallas to um, secure a date for that. But awesome. it is it, there's some logistical challenges because for the first time ever we are going to try to have lucha libre. Oh, okay. going down. Yeah, because he he literally got challenged by a luchador. So now Hector so is going to literally be. Hector's going to dress like a peso hero. Like, oh, right, let's go. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. It's, it's going to be like we're going to have to produce a wrestling comic then, a luchador comic. <laughs> yeah, no, we want to. I mean, we have plans uh, long term for like a line of of like wrestling stuff. We want to do kaiju stuff. Um, mm. We want to like do a, a, a more dark um, like uh, <gasps> fantasy Bro. horror stuff. You so, should also have Latino, right? Yeah. You should. You said. Do you also have like different food vendors from different parts of Latino America? That would be pretty cool. You get like trucks. Super Puerto sweet. Rican food, Dominican food, Mexican food, Salvadorian yeah. food. I'll go there. I'll, I'll come out 50 pounds heavier. <laughs> yes, Jose, that's it. I saw Jose's message. Yes, yeah. I'll be in Denton. Look uh, at this guy. Yeah. This guy doesn't stop traveling. Hector and David, this is amazing, you guys. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, Melvin, one more question from you, and then we're going to close up the show. Um, if you have any. Mara, I, I got no question. You caught me totally well, they, unprepared. Um, no worries, man. Went... That's what... <laughs> <laughs> These guys are awesome. It's their energy. They, they, so they left me with no questions. And, and they're still going forward. These things are still in the works, too. So it's ongoing. It's an ongoing yeah. thing. It, yeah, and yeah. I can't wait. So, folks, again, stay tuned. Yes, hey, everybody else at Chispa Comics, all right? Follow them socials. Follow Scout Comics to see everything else they got, too, for them. <clears> amazing plethora of creators, you know, they got every something for everybody. That, that's a fact, all right? And of course, follow Big Dave out here, David Oboes, all right? The links are below too, so you can click away. And of course, follow Hector Rodriguez Tercero at El Peso 
Peter. And yo, check out that book too, folks. For you guys don't know, episode here was really cool. There's no way you could have not seen this because I see episode here at least once a day on some social media platform. Good on you too for for hey, no, promoting. Thank you for always being there, brother. Being nah, but always it's all support and love, kiddo. Awesome. All right, so with that, folks. Hasta la próxima, mi gente. You know what it is. Follow ComicCrusaders, com and across social media. I'm going to get Melvin's stuff. You're going to follow him below. But I know one of them on Twitter is Robo Pope. Check out the big homie. Robo Pope, right? yes, thank you. All right, don't worry, kid. And with that, me and my love, hasta la próxima. You know what it is. Thank you for listening to the Comic Crusaders podcast. If you like the content, please subscribe and turn on notifications. Also, please visit ComicCrusaders.com and our extended podcast family over at UndercoverCapes.com. And also, make sure to download the Comic Crusaders app on the Google Play Store today. 